It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Orlando Magic to improve to 1-1 one one in the Vegas portion of Summer League. Chet Holmgren dominates, Aaron Wiggins plays mistake-free, and Vid Critchie is applying pressure to the Oklahoma City Thunder. All of that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into Chet Holmgren dominating this game against Orlando. Wiggins playing mistake-free basketball both Jalen Williams turning in a solid game. Trey Mann continues to struggle. Jerry steals the show. And Vid Critchie applies pressure to the Oklahoma City Thunder. What do I mean by that? We'll talk about that coming up. Thank you for making Locked on Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Make sure you subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube, where you can drop a comment down below to let us know how you feel about the Thunder and everything else regarding Oklahoma City basketball. So, the game overview. Thunder, Magic, it was supposed to be Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bencaro, but Paulo Bencaro was shut down uh, for Summer League. He's already impressed. He's already stole the show for Orlando. They didn't want to see any more from him. They saw all they needed to see. He did not play. RJ Hampton also did not play. Uh, He was another headliner of their team. That was on their team last year, of course. Uh, And then for the Thunder... Lindy Waters did not play. Pokashevsky did not play. And Usman Jang did not play. He was resting in this game. He's not hurt. He's just resting. And, and I'm sure he'll be back, of course, um, on Wednesday. 
For the Thunder, Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren both did play. So the Thunder start out with with Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Jeremiah Robson Earl, and Chet Holmgren. And Orlando starts out with Thunder legend Xavier Simpson, <laughs> Caleb Houston, and Emmanuel Thierry ha- uh, headline their starters. Now, obviously, all eyes are going to turn to Chet Holmgren in Summer League, and that's the most important storyline. And in this game, you saw why. In this game, Chet Holmgren just simply dominated the contest. And he was able to produce 16 points, 10 rebounds, uh, you know, of course a double-double, two steal, uh, two assists, two blocks, multiple iffy whistles which wiped away blocks and led to five fouls on him. Uh, but even without getting the block stat, he was still able to alter a ton of shots at the rim and, you know, kind of make his presence felt defensively. I love what I saw from Chet Holmgren in this game. I think that when you're watching Chet Holmgren over the course of the summer league, as I said yesterday, it's just a calming nature about it. Again, the iffy whistles have been happening all night against Orlando. That was one of the most iffy officiated games ever. Obviously, it does not matter. It's a summer league game. But still, he could have had more blocks in that column than two. And then even without the you know iffy foul calls, he still was able to impact defensively as well. Offensively, 16 points on 70% shooting from the floor, two for four from three, including a fantastic sidestep, step back three, which, you know, a 7-1 center should not be able to do, and he's able to do it. The Thunder were plus 15 whenever he was on the floor uh, in this game. Look, Summer League has shown that Chet Holmgren has star power, has star potential, can be that player we've never seen before, can be that number one, number two building block for a franchise, can be somebody that you build around long-term in Oklahoma City. It's shown that. It is confirmed what we've seen from him in college, we've seen from him in high school, that he is is warranted the second overall pick and could have been the first overall pick, whatever you want to say. We've still seen that incredibly high ceiling from him in Summer League. But, as I mentioned yesterday, you can go back and listen to that podcast. My biggest takeaway from this is that Chet Holmgren has shown us his floor as well. It's natural to have fears and worries, especially those of us that worry more than than others about everything in life, right? So on draft night, when the Thunder pass up Jabari Smith Jr., who who all throughout the pre-draft process felt like the safest pick, He's the safest player in the draft. You can you can clearly see how he'd fit uh, next to Josh Giddy and SGA, two facilitators to set him up on the catch and shoot. The defense was 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 just vaunted, of course, in the pre-draft process. When you pass up on that safe option, it's easy to worry. Well, Chet Holmgren, we've never seen it before, so how are we sure it's going to work? What about his frame? What about his size? What, what about his his weight? You you can talk yourself into a tizzy of, I'm so nervous that this won't work out. After watching him play in Summer League, again, you can't make the sweeping you know, judgments and you can't call him Dirk Nowitzki after four games. But what I am confident in saying after four games is he's not going to bust out of the league. Now, we're not going to predict injuries, so injuries can change all of this conversation. But if he stays healthy, he's going to be in the NBA. He will not go down as Anthony Bennett. He will not go down as one of the other busts in NBA history. Right? You pick the guy who's at least going to have staying power in the league 
and staying powered at a high level because you're not going to find very many 7-1 guys who can hit step back threes or even catch and shoot threes while still protecting the rim at a very high clip. So I think that that was a, a solid start. And I know it's boring. We, we, we want to go on this podcast. We want to go on every platform out there and just say, oh, look, Sam Presti just drafted Dirk Nowitzki with defense, which is what Jackson Gatlin said on Lockdown NBA uh, on Monday, which I was a part of. So go back and listen to that one as well. Uh, we want to be able to say that and, and be serious about it, right? You can't do that off of four summer league games. But what you can do is say, look, we've seen how he will react to an NBA environment, and it's at least going to be passable. It's at least going to be a guy that can remain in the league. And that should alleviate any worries that you had previously. And they were worries. I mean, go back on these previous episodes and look in the comment section on YouTube. There were worries about if Chet Holmgren will bust out of the NBA and, and if he'll just be this humongous bust. I feel confident that that won't happen. And it's not the stats. It's not the per-game averages of him in summer league. It's just the eye test of watching how he plays the game and watching how he plays off of NBA players, which, again, the Thunder summer league roster is pretty much their NBA roster. Sands, you know, Muscala, Hustle, SGA, Dort, you know, Sands, those guys, it favors. It's their NBA roster. And so I feel very confident that Jet Holmgren is going to be able to stay in the NBA, and I also feel very confident that he has that superstar potential because – when you look at games where he doesn't have great offensive nights, he still impacts the game at a very high clip. He still impacts the game with his defense, with his passing, with his ball handling at his size, the ability to grab and go off the rim on rebounds. And in this game, he had his offense going. In fact, I would have loved to see him take over the game more offensively and demand the ball more offensively. But he's able to stay under control and, and, and put up 16 and 10. And, you know, you put up 16 and 10 next to Josh Giddy and SGA, that's a great recipe for success for that trio while shooting 70% from the floor and two for four from three. The pick and pop stuff with Shea's driving ability is going to be awesome. Like we're not just seeing him overpower lesser talented guys, right? Like in the sense of it doesn't look like, Oh, well he's just playing against bad competition. That's why he's thriving. No, he's, he's doing things. The, the process of getting to the 16 points the process of getting to the 10 rebounds, the process of getting to the assists and the blocks and everything, the process of doing that is stuff that clearly and, and uh, totally will translate to the NBA and get better in the NBA whenever you're playing off of guys like Shea. So I love what we've seen from Chet Holmgren. He gets another passing grade for, for this game. I'm not sure you know, how much more he'll play in Summer League. I'm not sure how much more Josh Giddy will play in Summer League. We've been saying that for a lot of games now, but you're seeing the magic pull off of Paula Bencaro. Uh, this is kind of around the time that teams start to do that. I warned you about that, you know, in, in the preview portion. You know, don't don't freak out into the Thunder or tanking summer league because they might shut some of these guys down. It's just the nature of the beast. It's just how summer league goes. So we might see that. We might not. Who knows? But that was a very fun game. If that was the last game that we see Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy play in summer league, it was a very fun game. Um, and both the games have been fun. Even even the loss to Houston came down to the wire. It was a fun basketball game to watch. And, and so we'll see how they build off of this for Wednesday uh, coming up. But also, there's still more to talk about. We got to talk about Ch- uh, Josh Kiddie. We got to talk about Aaron Wiggins. We got to talk about Vit Critchie and both the Jalensons, all Jalens all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code 
LOCKED15. Get 15% off of your next order. Folks, they have the Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar back, and you're going to love it. And if you've never tried it before, make sure you try it right now because I'm not kidding you a bit. Every single Locked On host on the network, every single one of us, we all, whenever we're debating these flavors, we all, we all say Coconut Brownie Chunk is the very best. So check it out. Coconut Brownie Chunk. They also have it in Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs, which is another thing. The, the puffs are this new kind of marshmallowy taste with chocolate on the outside. So it's a perfect blend and perfect combination that you're going to want to get your hands on. Built Bars are protein bars that taste like a candy bar. They're great pre-workout, post-workout, or even, even as a meal replacement or a snack. Check them out today. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. Cannot wait for this team to hit the floor in about 99 days or so uh, in the regular season because this is going to be very fun to watch them get put together. Uh, but Josh Giddy, of course, played again. 12 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, a steal, two for, uh, 0 for 2 from 3. 6 for 7 at the line, uh, 3 of 11 from the floor. He played this game with such intensity, such passion, arguing with the refs in summer league. Like You just love to see how much he cares about winning and cares about the game of basketball. Um, that was just awesome. Uh, again, it's summer league. It doesn't really matter. He did give approval to the Chetmate nickname, so that was fun. Like if you're into the nicknames and into uh, the social media aspect of the game, he he does like the Chetmate nickname for him and Chet as a duo. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll play again again, but we'll see. We'll see. This is kind of just the area where you start shutting down your guys. But another good game from Giddy. I still like the aggression we've seen. I still like the improvement from his strength and his ball handling that we've seen. And so. We'll see if he plays again or if we have to wait till October for the preseason to roll around to see him play again. But the big story to me is Aaron Wiggins. I mentioned it yesterday. Aaron Wiggins should not be on the roster bubble anymore after scoring 12 points, two rebounds, three assists, a steal. He did go one for four from three. Now, one of those threes was just a desperation heave with like 0.1 seconds left on the shot clock. So like he really went one for three from three. Um, he shot 55% from the floor. Still, while going one for three from three, one for four in actuality. Uh, but it was thanks to his incredible cuts. And, and you just, you see the discipline and you see the savviness of Wiggins on those cuts, especially that one on the inbound coming off that screen where Josh Giddy just blows you away with his inbounding ability. He did it all last year. He did it again in summer league. He just throws the ball around a, def- around a defender to a cutting uh, Wiggins for an easy layup. Um, he just knows, Wiggins knows when to attack the defense and when to get into the teeth of him on those, on those cuts. He just plays the perfect game. He's really good defensively. He's really, really good defensively. He can shoot the ball as well. And he's able to just, you know, impact the game at a high level with his defense, with his jump shot. And for 
Aaron Wiggins, I I think that his game is so well rounded because he can pass the ball in the flow. Like he's not gonna steal the he's not gonna steal the show. He's not gonna become this Josh Giddy esque playmaker. But he knows when to pass, where to pass, and how to keep the offense moving. He knows when to cut. He knows when to shoot. He knows how to play defense as a team and how to rotate. I just love his game. And and you look at that last defensive possession. And it was very chaotic. So the Thunder did get some pushback on this last defensive possession, but I thought it was picture perfect when you actually break it down. I, and I think that it was just kind of, um, you know, the one-time watch-through that fans had in real time, and you just see how many chances Orlando got, and you just assume it was a bad defensive possession, um, and it was kind of that sort of thing. But if you actually watch the, the play, you had on this play, the first shot from Orlando was even with the logo, and Josh Giddy you know, threw his arm up at him, but didn't, you know, of course, attack the closeout because he's shooting from the logo. The ball comes off the rim at an awkward angle. Chet Holmgren tried to get the rebound, but a guy soared over the back of him and got it. Could he have boxed out harder? Maybe, you know, but who knows? And that rebound goes to a kick out in the corner, and Wiggins sprints out to the corner, has one of the best closeouts you're going to see, gets his hand right in the face of the shooter, defends the shooter at such a, you know, great level, and, and such a great closeout that if he did it any better, he would have fouled them. That, that's how close he got to the shooter. And the shooter misses at the buzzer, and it's over. Chet Holmgren on the rebound with, like, 0.1 seconds left, and that's it. You know, So, like, the defensive possession, you're, you're not going to guard a guy at the logo, you know, unless it's Dame or Steph, and it certainly was not. And then the rebound over Chet is just kind of basketball, right? Like, it's easy to say, well, you should have boxed out hard. That's not kind of how boxing out works. And then the kick out to the corner, you're able to combat with with – your defensive rotations, and that's what I was getting to in game one. This team is so well designed for defense at every stage of it. Not only do they have an elite rim protector in Chet Holmgren, not only do they have an elite perimeter defender in Lou Dort, but every player has length, has size, has quickness, and that length allows for Wiggins to shoot out from the low block to the corner in a matter of moments, or from the elbow to the corner, in a matter of moments to close out that three-point attempt, alter the shot, Make sure he misses and win the game for you. So with this length and with this defensive prowess and, and knowledge on your team and, 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 and understanding how to rotate, the Thunder are never out of a play on defense. They're never just at the whim of the offense. They're always able to recover, to get the block, to get the stop, to alter a shot, to contest a shot. They're always able to stay in the moment. And you saw Jalen Williams you know, come from behind block. Uh, from Santa Clara, Jalen Williams come from behind block. And so with Aaron Wiggins, though, I just think that he plays the perfect game and he was under control in that chaotic defensive possession. He knew what to do after the rebound was made. He knew where the ball was going to go. So he got he was able to get there with the ball, attack the closeout, force to miss from the corner three. I love what we saw from him. Uh, speaking of Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, this was the first poor shooting night from, from him. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball well at all. He had five points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. But... I feel like if you watch this game without the box score, like if you if you do not have the triple monitor set up that we got over here and you didn't have the box score up and you weren't like nerding out over this game, you were just sitting back on your couch watching it. I feel like if that's what you were doing last night and you were enjoying yourself and watching the game, you wouldn't have known he shot the ball poorly. Like you would have, you wouldn't have known that like technically speaking in the box score, this wasn't the best game from him because it, it, he made his impact felt beyond shooting. He had that block from behind. He had that, you know, incredible uh, lob. He had that incredible kind of, hop step split the defense through two defenders and off that hop step comes a, a standing dunk right like the, the, like leaping back up to the rim to dunk it like he had those moments where 
it felt like he was impacting the game at such a high level, even while he's shooting poorly. And that's kind of the testament of Jalen Williams. I think that he's a ready-made NBA player who will help you, you know, win games as a rookie or make winning plays at least. You know, obviously you can't put winning all on one player, but like he'll he'll do things in the NBA that that are useful as a rookie. He will not be a net negative as a young player. And a lot of the times young players will be a negative at times just because they're learning how to play in the league and they're learning how to play basketball still. And, you know, they might make a bad play down the stretch or so, and that's no fault to them. It's just that, that they're growing in the game of basketball. Well, Jalen Williams, it seems like he's so advanced for uh, at, for a rookie. And he made some fancy uh, athletic plays, which, of course, was a little bit of a knock on him in the pre-draft process. So it was good to see. Um, but, yeah, this is the first time in summer league that he didn't shoot the ball well, and, and he was still able to – you, know, you were still able to walk away impressed with him. Again, I think I truly believe that if you polled Thunder fans last night that did not see the box score, they only watched the game, and you asked them who impressed you, Williams would be one of the first names mentioned, and he didn't shoot the ball well. And that was the first time you know, all summer league he didn't shoot it well. So I was impressed with him. Let's talk about the Arkansas Jalen Williams coming up. Let's also talk about how Vic Critchie is applying pressure to the Oklahoma City Thunder and more. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show if you would like as well. So let's talk about Jalen Williams of Arkansas. He has not been kind of a standout by any means, but this was the first game where he made his impact known. And you saw some things that, that can lead to playing time eventually. Now, I think that out of the gate, like in October, come October 19th when the season starts, like I think that at that date he won't be in the rotation, if I had to guess. Um, but I think that later on in the season you can see him there because he does some things that you like. The six rebounds were great. The good defense is great. Yeah, the two steals, two assists. The playmaking in the in the high post is the is this thing I think that the Thunder are going to like a lot from him. On top of the defense, on top of taking charges, on top of the rebounding, right? The ability to pass out of the high post is something that Mark really leans on, and you saw that highlighted especially without Horford. And so they've been trying to get guys like that that, that can do those sort of things. And it looks like Jalen Williams out of Arkansas can do that. And so uh, that was the first real game of him that he, I felt like he impacted the game a lot uh, so far in summer league, and that was great. And uh, he signed his deal a couple of days ago. Um, 
you know, with the Thunder officially. He's on a multi-year deal. It'll be like Jeremiah Robson Earl. It'll be like two years guaranteed, two years not guaranteed of the four-year deal. Um, but it was great that, that he showed up and had, you know, his fingerprints on this game. Speaking of Jeremiah Robson Earl, he was also fantastic. 12 points, seven rebounds, a steal, two blocks, and assist, 80% shooting from the floor. He can shoot the ball from three as well. I think he went 0 for 1 in this game, though, from three. But his ability to, to shoot, his versatility on defense, the rebounding ability of his, he just fits so seamlessly into the modern NBA that I just love what we see from Jeremiah Robson Earl. Um, and I think that he's poised for a leap in year two. Now, I know that we hate to say leap in year two because obviously guys are going to get better year one to year two. But I still think that we're going to be very impressed with him in year two, uh, Jeremiah Robson Earl. Now, Vid Critchie is applying pressure to the Thunder, and how is he doing that? Well, we talked yesterday about how, you know, I don't believe Aaron Wiggins should be on the roster bubble. The Thunder clearly have a roster crunch, and clearly you're going to have to cut some guys, and clearly you're going to have to cut some guys that you like, as you saw with Isaiah Roby. And I think Wiggins should be taken off that roster bubble. I think that he can really um, impact the team long-term and impact winning basketball eventually in OKC. But the Thunder really like Vid Critchie. Like, the Thunder really, really like him. They've invested in him. Um, it's, it's his first healthy offseason. The Thunder would like to see him make the roster. And he's putting pressure on the Thunder to let him make the roster. Because in just 13 minutes last night, that's all he got was 13 minutes, he shot 3 of 5 uh, from the floor, 7 points, a rebound. And the most important part, we know Vid Critchie can shoot the ball. We know he can get creative offensively at times. The most important part is throughout this entire summer league, whenever he's been given the opportunity to play, he has shown improvement on defense, and that was the big ask of him. That's what the Thunder organization asked him to do this offseason, improve on defense, and he's done that. Mix that with his offensive playmaking, his offensive scoring, and you've got a player that's worth taking a flyer on and worth taking a chance on and worth bringing in the next season. Now, how you get there going to be difficult, right? Like You have to figure out who you're, who you're going to cut because you can't keep all 20 guys. You're going to have to get that down to 17 players, Plus, you know, the, the, you know, if you include the two-way slots of 17 players, you have to get that down to 17 players. So it'll be tough, but um, he's putting a lot of pressure on them to, to make him a part of that group. Trey Mann also struggled in this game as he has, you know, all summer leagues, shot 21% from the floor, one for six from three, a steal, three assists, four rebounds, nine points. Uh, I'm not worried about it still. I went over this in depth yesterday, so you can go back and listen to yesterday's podcast as well if you haven't listened already. Um, but we saw Trey Mann struggle in summer league last year, and then he turned out to have a really good rookie season. And we have a larger sample size still to this day of him playing really good in the NBA versus playing really bad in the NBA summer league, you know, right? So like the the post-All-Star break where he's shooting 35% uh, on threes on seven attempts per game, and he had, what, three 30 balls last year in the NBA. Like that kind of stuff to me outweighs what he's doing in summer league. Also, He's not playing his role in Summer League. Like, Summer League is for getting creative. It's for trying new things. I think that that's why you're seeing the turnover numbers from Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren go up as well. You're seeing them try the behind-the-back passes and the creative passes. For Trey Mann, it's not necessarily passes. It's shots. Like, you're seeing him try these isolation, tough buckets where he's heavily defended, where he won't really be doing that or be given the freedom to do that much in the NBA, um, you know, once the season starts on October 19th. So, like, I just... I'm not worried about it now. You know, he might struggle in the NBA too, but we've seen him thrive in his role. Again, the spacing SGA provides as well whenever they share the floor. Like we've we've seen it in the NBA, so I'm not going to throw him out of the of the core just because of a bad summer league stretch. But it is a bad summer league stretch. He's playing bad, um, but I think that there's reasons to it, like trying out new things. Uh, SGA, speaking of him, was at the game. 
Uh, and so basically the entire roster was there. It was SGA there. Derek Favors was there. Kenny Hustle was there. Lou Dort was there. Ty Jerome was there. Taylor Maldon was there. Um, and then, of course, half of them, over half of them, are playing on the on the actual team. So, like, it was a lot of the guys there that were on the team for the Thunder um, at Summer League. So that's great to see. That that happens on every team around the NBA, you're going to notice. But it's still great that that your guys showed up and supported. SGA also had a, had a video on the official Thunder Twitter account where he was just saying, I can't wait to get back to the city in OKC. Can't wait to get back to OKC. Can't wait to get back on the floor. And so that kind of gave a breath of fresh air to Thunder fans who are worried about his Team Canada run. And uh, he posted a story a few days ago of him wearing the number two for Team Canada and said that black and I think he said that red and white two hits different or something. Folks, SGA, since stepping in the NBA and stepping in OKC, has made it known how much playing for Team Canada matters to him and how important that is to him and how much he values that. Of course he feels great after playing for Team Canada. Of course he feels great for not only playing for Team Canada, dominating for Team Canada, and not only dominating for Team Canada, having actual Canadian media and Canadian players like Kelly Olenek say he's the best Team Canada player of all time. Yeah, they had Steve Nash, by the way. Like, of course he feels great. Of course he feels awesome about that too in the red and white. This means he's going to go to Toronto, right? This means he's going to go play for the Raptors. Just like Trey Young isn't going to come play in OKC just because he plays in the Norman or, or Edmonds Skins League in the summertime, right? So, like, let's not freak out until we have to. It's like I've said on this podcast before. The NBA is partnered with TNT because TNT is all about drama. The NBA is all about drama. So they put a lot of their games on TNT, even in the playoffs. Folks, don't go looking for drama in the NBA. You don't have to manufacture it. It's going to find you. Now, there are some sports where just drama never happens and it's boring and it sucks and you just have to look for content. Major League Baseball, anyone? like that? that there's just no drama and you have to look for content in, in Major League Baseball. In the NBA, drama is everywhere and it's right around the corner. So don't panic about it until you absolutely have to, until it absolutely hits your door. And for SGA, it hasn't hit the door yet. And that Instagram story should not scare you. He literally has always said, I want to play for Team Canada. It's very important to me. And now he got to you. So obviously, that's very, you know, it's very encouraging for him. Uh, MVP of this game is Chet Holmgren. I think that he was just dominant in this game. And I hope we can see him play just because I'm selfish and I want to see him play basketball. But I would not be shocked if he doesn't play again in Summer League. Uh, Tomorrow's show will be a mailbag podcast. So drop your questions down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Make sure you check us out over there on Twitter and on YouTube, Lockdown Thunder on YouTube or Lockdown Thunder, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe, subscribe for free across all platforms. Every episode's free Monday through Friday. Check us out. And until tomorrow for the Mailbag episode, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.